Hello, 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 hello. Welcome once again. This is the second edition of Hanging with Mr. Hooper. I'm your host, JT, Mr. Hooper Thickley himself. And it's been an eventful 24 hours in the NBA. And it's all over, ladies and gentlemen. Warriors, for the third time in four years, are the NBA champions. Last time we talked, we talked about where does LeBron go from here. But we didn't really touch on what this does for LeBron when we look back, his legacy. Yo, we do really look at it. The GOAT conversation will always come up for LeBron. I've never seen, you can make a probably an honest argument that no one in the history of professional sports has had more pressure uh, and higher expectations for them in any sport than LeBron James. Um, you know, of course, when things like this happen, and you see a sweep in the NBA Finals, the automatic question people immediately brought up was like, how can this person um, be, the gr- be the greatest? How can he? Goats don't get swept. And most of the time, those people are unaware or they kind of, they don't put anything in context. Michael Jordan got swept twice. In the first round, might I add. But yes, but if you bring that set up, you got to bring up that, yes, Jordan was young. Um, Jordan was in his third year and his first year, respectively. But at the end of the day, I think everything is always takes context. Um, LeBron James put together arguably one of the, in my lifetime, probably the, the greatest postseason performance I've ever seen. Multiple 40-point games, 50-point games, buzzer beater. You name it, it's all on the list. It's all checked out. But at the end of the day, you play for one reason. You play for a chip. And that's what he came out there to do. But this is, you know, I don't want to spend all of your time just, you know, nitpicking and going over the GOAT debate. Because at this point, I'd be the hundred hundred millionth person to talk about it. But what we're going to do, we're going to talk about what's next. We'll also talk about where the... You know, we, we talk so much about Le, LeBron in this situation. We don't even really get to talk about the Warriors. Um, I think the war, the Warriors now joined that Mount Olympus of dynasties in NBA, in, in NBA history. Yeah, whether we like it or not, whether you're not a fan of how it came about, the Warriors are a team to be messing. It's a team to definitely look for. The thing is, they could possibly get better next year. They can definitely retool. Kevin Durant... You know, he has this player option, and he's going to be a free free agent. But most likely, he's going to, of course, re-sign, probably restructure his deal. They're going to retool, bring in more and more people in to keep this up. Last, last night, watching Game 4 in the NBA Finals, or Friday night, watching Game 4 of the NBA Finals, I saw what makes the Warriors great. Not as much as what does makes the Cavaliers not great, it was what made the Warriors great. Is that besides having so many weapons, their ability to space the floor, their ability to find open shots, and pre- basically demoralize the Cavaliers coming into the third quarter. By midway to the third quarter, it look—you can look around that they thought it was over, and LeBron James was no exception. Yes, I know mentality gets caught up too much when people analyze the game. I get that. I wasn't one of those people who saw LeBron at the end of game one being demoralized by, you know, what happened with J.R. Smith and not, 
not talking to him on the bench and say, oh my God, he's such a poor leader and stuff like that. That wasn't me. I wasn't one of those people. I understand why people think that because, you know, you grow up playing sports. They tell you that you're supposed to be a great leader when bad things happen. to you. And if you're the best player on the planet, you expect that. But then also those same people were mad at LeBron when he was yelling at his teammates in game four, basically telling, hey, we need to lock in our backs against the wall. We need to get the job done. So you're never going to make those people happy. But hey, that's that's the game. That's how it works. But let's take a little bit more moment to focus on the Warriors for, for a second. With last night's win, the Warriors now have the best have the best winning percentage in NBA history over a four season span. Mind you, topping themselves, and and also have the lar- the third largest margin of victory. For our entire postseason run. Number one being them again in 2015. So it's one of those things where you see it. And this team is special. Like whether you know you don't agree with Durant or and his methods. We, we're seeing the proof is in the pudding. He's a two-time. Now he's a two-time NBA champion. Two-time finals MVP. He becomes one of only six players to ever win a finals MVP back-to-back years. That list includes Shaq. Jordan. Kobe, LeBron, well, there it is. It's a hell of a list to be a part of. So we just look at that type of stuff, and Durant, is, Durant knows that what he meant, what comes with his decision. He knew that once he did this, people may never see him the same again. But at the end of the day, he chose his own happiness. He chose his own path, and he chose to live with it. No matter what me or you say, you can't take the rings off his finger. I know, I get it. People say not all rings are created equal. Doesn't matter if you got them. You know, it's like hating, not hating from outside of the club. That's basically what it feels like. But, hey, it's one of those things where we got to see last night that the Warriors, they kind of did a role reversal between Durant and Curry. Last night, Durant dropped 20. And... Curry dropped 37 points, had another a great performance. Some people were like, oh, man, it would have been really nice to see Steph Curry get the finals MVP. But, it, you know, from watching it, from actually just watching the finals this season, if, you, if I didn't, you don't put me in the numbers just watching the game, Durant was the clear, the clear MVP, clear finals MVP. He came through majority of the time when you needed him. He was, and he picked up the Warriors in a very crucial moment. Durant doesn't have one, one of the greatest role performances in the NBA Finals ever. The Warriors, it could be, it could have easily been 2-1. Could have been a fight. And, you know, but I think this, this Finals was overall, um, it had some moments, but it, it was lackluster. From a basketball fan perspective, you had two good games, and then you had two games that turned out how we thought they were going to turn out it was like you watched the movie that you knew the ending to that describes the NBA finals and unfortunately for the most part it's been slowly describing the NBA but I'm not I'm not going to say that a lot of people say the super teams and stuff like that have ruined the NBA but the ratings say otherwise the ratings say otherwise and this this year we had two game sevens for both the Eastern the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. 
something that hadn't happened in almost 40, happened in over 40 years. So it's one of those things that you take the good with the bads. Ah, who knows? But now, of course, we gotta, we're going to touch it because this is about to be the summer of LeBron. The real question is, where does he go from here? Or he could stay. People, some, you know, maybe if you're you're from Akron, Ohio, you're from Cleveland, you have some real hope that LeBron's gonna stay. But for me personally, watching it, I don't believe so. I think too many bridges have been burnt um, between the Cavaliers and LeBron James. LeBron was did not want Kyrie to be traded. They traded Kyrie, even though Kyrie demanded to be traded. To be traded, LeBron was not happy with that decision. He didn't also he didn't, he wasn't happy with Gilbert leaving um, as a GM. Um, well. Leaving is a strong word, but you know what I mean. It's just, I think LeBron is going to really take this summer to assess where he wants to go from here. And, you know, you prepare for a lot of clickbait this summer. A lot of, well, LeBron liked this player's picture on Instagram. So he may be going to insert whatever team. But the candidates, the candidates as of now, from what we've seen from multiple reports, from possible destinations, here are the five candidates. I think five places I think LeBron could possibly land next NBA season. Number one, the Philadelphia 76ers. We talked, we touched on it a bit um, in the last edition of Hanging with the Hooper. But yes, 76ers seem to have the most instant championship success um, if he would land there. But like we mentioned, it could come at a cost for the Sixers in the long term. It could end up maybe hindering the growth of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But it could land them a ring, or you may have a Kyrie Irving situation again with Simmons where, hey, they win a ring, then it doesn't work the next year, and then Simmons like, okay, I'm out. And you're left with an older LeBron James. Who even knows that Joel Embiid will, will, like, will like to stick around, but we'll see. Number two, the Houston Rockets. Also another team we touched on a little bit last time. Houston Rockets, we saw them push the Warriors to the limit. The toughest foe they faced this playoffs in this postseason, forcing them to a game seven. Chris Paul, James Harden, LeBron James is a looks nice on paper. But we see we've seen these super teams don't always work out like that. We saw it with the Oklahoma City Thunder, we saw it with the Timberwolves, that just because you put nice names on a stat sheet doesn't make it a team. Alright? It takes a while for these teams to become cohesive units. Happened the same thing when LeBron first joined the Miami Heat. And they started off really, I think they were 12 and 8. And everyone's like, oh my God, is this the team? End up going to the finals, end up losing, but still end up winning two championships. But that's another option. Number three. Uh, don't, don't take me wrong. The Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I get it. I get it. A lot of people may be thinking that, why would he go to the Lakers? They have no chance of possibly being a championship contender the next season, but we don't know. But LeBron, you know, it's a huge market, and we know LeBron likes that. It's one of those things LeBron is a fan of. The Lakers organization, what they could possibly pay him, what they could possibly bring. And they do have a young nucleus there in L.A. that it actually does seem promising. Um, doesn't look at right now, but it seems seem pretty promising. I think they won more, won more games this past year than expected. Um I think Lonzo Ball, is, despite the hoopla around him and his family and stuff like that, is actually a very solid point guard. Um, he does have, I think he's Jason Kidd-esque 
as in he's not you're not expecting him to come out and drop 25 points a game and that's not his game he's a facilitator first and he loves to be a facilitator gets rebounds he's he's a stat sheet stuffer and that's what you would like around LeBron doesn't he doesn't demand too much you know he's not demanding the ball too much from LeBron actually probably sets LeBron up in some really decent spots you know Kyle Kuzma who to me was the surprise rookie was definitely one of the surprise rookies of last season um, came to play so I think there's a lot of promising pieces down there. Not, I didn't mention even Brandon Ingram and Randall. Maybe if, but I think if LeBron comes there, all those guys won't be there next season if he does land there. The other place I'm thinking, of course, is Cleveland. You know, hey, maybe, maybe there's some somebody's able to talk to him. Maybe LeBron signs another, you know, two-year deal, one being a full year, one being a player option. That way we can start the circus again in two years and see how it works. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where you look at it and it could possibly work. And then again, it could possibly not. Uh, Cleveland, for me, I don't see, they have to do a lot of work in this offseason, but I don't know what they could possibly build around him to make them more formidable than they are now. You know, it's one of those really tough things to do, really tough things to capture. And we'll see that. And, you know, I'm going to throw a surprise team in there that I don't think anyone is really talking about um, that could possibly land the king and go with the New York Knicks. I think the Knicks possibly, you know, this is step out there. Like we said, larger markets seem to be an interest of of Mr. James and there's no bigger market than the Mecca. Uh, The New York Knicks are in desperate need of a change of scenery, but it's once again in the East. I think LeBron right now can hop on any team in the East and they'll be a contender in the East, period. LeBron can hop on the Brooklyn Nets right now, and I think they're, they finish in a top five seed. And even if they didn't, I think they could get it past the first round. So I think the New York Knicks aren't a wild, wild pick, but the management there has been questionable to say the least. But yeah, so those are my five picks of where the king can possibly land, where the new kingdom around LeBron James will take place. But, hey, that's all the time we have for now. Thank you for hanging with Mr. Hooper. And this podcast has been in association with Marks with Mike's. Make sure you check their, check out their podcast this, this weekend for all your wrestling news. I'll be back here to talk more hoops at a later date. But, hey, that's all for me. Catch you on the rebound.